Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. We're going to walk through scripture today. So if you brought your Bible, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, or your iPhone or your iPad or whatever it is that you look at scripture in, Matthew chapter 3 is where we're going to start today. And we're going to look at a ton of scripture. So if you were thinking about, man, I really want to kind of follow along, but I forgot my Bible, it's all right to write some of these things down. Make yourself a note so that you can go back and look. Because today we're talking about one of the other pillars of faith. We're talking about baptism. And what a cool thing. I don't know if you noticed, but the first songs were a lot about what? Imagery. What did you see? Water, right. We talked a lot about water. And Gabe did a great job picking out those songs. Matthew 3 is where we're going to be, uh, be looking at. And it's actually Jesus' baptism. Anybody ever read this one before? Say yeah. Now, it's helpful to kind of know what's just happened leading into this, right? The beginning of Matthew, we get this whole litany of information about who this Jesus is, and all of this kind of puts together right to the very beginning. We got John out in the uh, wilderness saying, prepare the way of the Lord. He's baptizing. They all think he's really weird, and he probably is. But he's out there saying, in the wilderness... Prepare the way of the Lord. I think it's a really cool thing to think about. You know, some people, um, some people think that uh, it's just all about him being uh, in the wilderness and saying this. But there's a really interesting point that I want you to note. In the Greek, there's actually not punctuation there, and that's even, maybe even more helpful for us. But to say, in the wilderness of your life, prepare the way of the Lord. In the wilderness of your life, prepare the way of the Lord. And this beautiful thing is happening. And Jesus comes to John out at the Jordan. So this is the very beginning of the story, the baptism of Jesus. We're going to read this through together. Matthew 3. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. All together, if you would. We can go to the next one. They'll catch up. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Ashley's, Ashley, y'all give it up for Ashley Morris. She's always keeping us straight, all together now. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, Thanks be to God. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. I, I gotta tell you, I love the way this starts. John is out there in the wilderness. And it's a really important thing for us to think about that wilderness because it's not just that he's standing in the wilderness, but there's going to be a connection to wilderness even in just a few minutes. So hang on to that for just a second. Jesus goes to the wilderness, not in some like cathedral or synagogue or something in front of the masses or looking as nice as all of our confirmands did. He, he was out probably in the stinky, muddy, nasty water and being baptized by a really strangely unusual prophetic man who was kind of an outsider, in the wilderness, in the wilderness. That's the part right there I think is a really big connection for us. 
that Jesus goes to where John is. Jesus doesn't stand in the synagogue teaching, and once Jesus was standing in the synagogue teaching, and all of a sudden John came and said, would you like to be baptized? Absolutely. That's not how it happened at all. They're out in the wilderness in the midst of this stinky river, and I want us to keep that on the forefront of our minds as we listen to everything else that happens in this scripture. Jesus comes to us in the midst of the dirt, in the midst of the stink, in the midst of the wilderness of our lives. 14. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me. Imagine, all right, imagine John, who has been given this word of God, who's standing there that knows that Jesus is going to be the one. And yet the one asked me to baptize him. What a beautiful way to begin the ministry in humility. Jesus came not to be served, but to what? Verse 15, Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. I love this part. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was open. It's like, the, it's like a movie. And he saw a spirit of God descending on him like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, and I, every time I got to go, I got to go, uh, what's the guy, uh, Star Wars, Darth Vader voice? James Earl Jones. This is my son. Whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Imagine the power and the depth in that voice. The beauty of that moment of seeing Jesus come out of the water and this dove coming down upon him and the voice of God, the giver of life to all creation. This is my son. Hmm. This voice changes everything. This voice right here changes everything for everyone who's all in this circle. This is who Jesus is and whose Jesus is. This is the Son of God. This is the One. This is the Messiah. And yet also it's this relationship between the Father and the Son. Not some sort of faraway thing, but a God who is present here in this moment in flesh and bone. This matters because of what Jesus is about to do. Jesus begins his formal ministry here and we've got to know that if we're we're going to follow this guy around. If anybody has to know that this is the one, we don't need to hear it from any one of us. We need to hear it from the Lord God. And we do. Jesus being claimed flesh and bone, coupled with that great endorsement, lays the foundation for everything going forward. We don't have to wonder who he is. We don't have to wonder to whom Jesus belongs. We don't have to wonder who's at work in him. We don't have to wonder and worry if he's the Messiah. Amen? Now, I feel like that seems like a good place to stop the sermon. Sound good, everybody? We'll go eat the confirmation kids' cake and make them stay in here and clean up. And we, oh, I didn't mean to say that part out loud. <laughs> it seems like a good place to stop, right? But wait, there's more. Look at your neighbor and say, this part's for you. Galatians 3. This is Paul's letter. So in Christ Jesus, listen to this. You are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. There is neither Republican nor Democrat. There is neither Ardry Kell or Providence. There is no longer white or black. 
There is no longer gay nor straight, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Then 1 Peter. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, never perish, not even on your worst day, not even in your most funky moment, not even when you're driving down the road behind all those bicycles. <laughs> this inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Does it get any better? Somebody say no. It's party time. Somebody say, excellent. That was for all my 80s friends. In these waters right here, God names and claims us, makes us new. The Lord of all is pleased with us. We become children of the Heavenly Father, and God never abandons God's children. And we know who and whose we are. We don't have to question that anymore. We don't ever have to have anybody else tell us who we are because we know who we are as children of God. We live in that identity, forgiven, love, and full of grace. It's the same for Jesus as it was for us. Listen to this part. God the Father loved Jesus the son in the beginning before he accomplished anything and it's the same for us god loves you before you ever accomplish anything god loves you from the beginning somebody say amen, amen. and it's so nice and pretty isn't it oh it's so nice and pretty it's just such like a little movie i can hear the music coming it's beautiful and sweet and the voice of god comes out of the heavens and said this is my son and everything is going to be great and everything's going to be fine it's now party time we hear paul tell us echoing that we can't do anything to mess it up even in our best times even in our worst times god's claimed us as a new identity a child of god everything is great and wonderful that's the beginning but wait a minute I thought it was the end, right? That's where we wanted to get to. But you said, it's the beginning. Let's read the Mark version real quick. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. But then everything changes. And the Spirit immediately drove him out in the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Jesus was driven out into the wilderness? Jesus didn't have a cake? Jesus didn't have a big celebration where everybody clapped, and it was all wonderful and pretty, and, and we all had this big celebration? Jesus didn't get a, a certificate. You guys got certificates, right? You got one when you were baptized, and you have one when you're confirmed. You, you have two certificates. Jesus had no certificates, <laughs> no cake, no party. See, right after baptism comes the hard stuff. Immediately after that gift of God meeting us in the water and the word, claimed, made one in the whole body of Christ, no longer identified by anything else beyond child of God. So in the baptism service, I um, usually have, you know, a young person or a baby. We've had adults here too, which is awesome. You know, I, I come down and um, 
you know, I hold the, the child over the font. We usually have all the little kids sitting up here so they can see what's going on, just like we did for confirmation. I take the water up, and you're baptized in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the whole church makes these promises to stand around this young person and make sure that they're raised up in the faith well. And, and then after that's all done, we pray together and, and we light a candle and we say that nothing in the world can, can take this candle and blow it out because the God of all creation is the one that gave the light and that light lives in you. And then I take that baby up and I start walking around. And those of you guys that have been here before know I say just about the same thing. Every It's kind of like a Lion King moment. You know what I'm saying? I walk around and I say, all right, this right here in the, perhaps the entire cosmos is the newest member of the body of Christ. And what a beautiful thing that is. But we can't stop right there. And I say right after, every time, y'all have heard it. Now, Satan's going to do everything Satan can to get a hold of this little one. And every once in a while, really going to get their claws in and push and pull and try to break them to take them down into the deepest and the most funky valleys that there are, to push them to the brink of who they think they could be, but know they ultimately can't. And Satan's going to try to break this little one apart. But Satan can't have them. Satan can't have them. Not this little one. Not now. Not ever. Satan can't have them because God has claimed this one as God's own. However the rest of the story goes, from this point forward, from those waters forward, we got to remember the beginning. Tell somebody to remember the beginning where you were claimed and equipped by God to handle all this life, all of it. The Holy Spirit is the one, this is the best part of that scripture, the Holy Spirit is the one who drove him out, who walked with him in the midst of that and brought him back. It wasn't about some hunky-dory, cool little life where everything's perfect and, and absolutely whimsical and fancy, but it's about having a difficult moment and the Holy Spirit will walk with us all the way out to the midst of that place. The Holy Spirit will stay with us amongst the wild beasts and all the other things that come to try to take hold of us and will walk us back to safety, back to home, back to life, back to resurrection, back to redemption, back to all the places we wish we could be but we know we can't get there on our own. That's the way God is. That's who God is. And that, brothers and sisters, is who you are as a child of God. So I ask our, our newly affirmed young people, I ask them, why do you want to do all this? Why do you want to go through all of this time? Why do you want to go through all of this classes? I mean, they were showing up here early. They were going to all these stepping stone things. They were going to retreats. They were going to all these things for the last few years. They even had to go to camp with me. Ugh. We have fun. But I ask them, what does this mean to you? To be a baptized child of God. All the beautiful speech and prayers and other things that we do, they're wonderful. They're beautiful. That liturgy is fantastic. But what happens when you walk out those doors? What does it mean to you? So I've asked our young people to come up and uh, share a little bit with you guys about that. Um, and so they're, gonna, they're just going to take a minute. And um, I, I pushed on them kind of hard. They're, some of them are a little mad at me. They're a little bit mad at me. But I wanted to you guys scoot down a little bit here. So I asked him if they would uh, share their faith. Instead of you hearing it from me, I want you to hear it, uh, hear it from them. And so, so this is Nate Taylor. Y'all say, good morning, Nate. Good morning. This is Abby Hunt. Y'all say, good morning, Abby. And this is my son, with whom I am well pleased. This is Gabe Simpkins. Y'all say, good morning, Gabe. 
All right, y'all take it away, kids. Um, what, bap <coughs> what baptism means to me is being forgiven of your sins and being welcomed into God's family. Being baptized is that feeling of hope that I can hold on to during times where there seems to be no hope. It is knowing that no matter my faults, my Heavenly Father has washed me clean and does so every day. And knowing that sense of hope and being part of God's family, I want to be that sense of hope for others. As for what that means at school, I know that I have been forgiven and that allows me to forgive others and accept everyone where they, can, where they are at. It means that I go to school and simply try to, do, try to be the best person I can be to others and be a good example of faith. What baptism also has meant to me is being open to new people, to hear other people's stories, and learn and grow with people and build relationships with people who become friends. <coughs> As for family, faith is all we have ever known. My parents raised me in the way the church asked them to, to do on the day of my baptism, and, and that has become who I am. I have two older brothers who have been an example of faith, of what faith means, and what role is it has played in their lives. And my, and, my, and my faith family not only includes my mom and dad and my brothers, but my church family, everyone from Christ Lutheran to Christ South. Also, I said earlier about hope. It's something I can hold on to every day. Waking up no matter if, it, if the day is good or bad, God is with me, watching and protecting me. That's something everyone needs. That's something everyone needs someone to hold on to, to have hope, and that's a great thing of baptism and being in God's family. Being a child of God has had a large impact in my life. Of course, I read the Bible, I know the Ten Commandments, the Lord's Prayer, and the Apostles' Creed, but being a child of God for me has a bigger impact than just doing what I need to do for confirmation. To me, it means that God will always be with me, and that I'll be able to share my successes and mourn my losses with Him. Um, an example of when I, um, when a bad thing turned into a good thing is when my dad got sick. Um, <laughs> he didn't feel good for a while. Um, he went to the doctor. He was spending eight hours a day in the bathroom. He wasn't feeling the best. And um, he finally went to the hospital because the doctors were just giving him stronger and stronger pain medication, and that wasn't doing anything for him. Um, And uh, when my dad was in the hospital, my mom, she uh, <laughs> was in and out of the hospital. She went through hours and hours of agonizing work, and she had the courage and the strength to be able to take care of us on top of that. Mom, can you please stand up? Can we have a round of applause for my mom over there? <laughs> In the hospital, my dad developed chronic pancreatitis uh, from all the surgeries that he underwent. He went through two feeding tubes, um, had plenty of kidney stones, and in the middle of all that, his heart rate flew off the charts, so they had to take him to ICU. Um, after he eventually got better, he could eat again at that Thanksgiving that year. Thanks be to God. <laughs> um, 
to resign from his job uh, as senior pastor in the church that he worked at um, because he was staying in the hospital for too long and they couldn't pay for uh, a substitute. Um, so after he was better, he went through a couple jobs, then he got this job offer all the way in Madison, Wisconsin. He took it, he moved away for a year, and that's why we moved here so we could all be together again. <sighs> okay. I know what it's like to feel alone. I know what it's like to go through pain, but because of baptism in my relationship with God, I also know that no matter how alone I felt, no matter what situation happens in my life, God will guide me to the next step in my life and help me to make the right, de the right decision. And if I don't make the best decision, he will help me learn from my mistakes and move forward. Because of baptism, I am able to have a relationship with God and know that he is always there, even when I can't see his work or feel his love. When my family adopted my little sisters, their baptism was one of the first things we wanted to do. They were never baptized or really told much about God before that point. They were very excited. Baptism to me is when God washes away all our sins and we are made a child of God. It's when we are made a part of the church. And when Taylor and Kenzie were baptized, it really made me think about my baptism, how God made me a chi his child, and that all my sins are washed away in the waters of baptism. Being a child of God makes me feel, makes me feel like I'm really a part of this amazing church, and that it's a second home to me. And that I have a place where I can pray, talk, and be cared for for the rest of my life. When my older brother Ashton went to college earlier this year, I thought that, that, that us being brothers and hanging out with him. I thought that us being brothers and hanging out with him was him. That, of course, made me feel bad. For 11 years, it was just us. He wasn't as my closest friend and sibling I could most relate to since he's closer to my age. I thought he would be so far away that I would never be able to talk to him. But I was wrong. I can still face him. <laughs> <laughs> I can still FaceTime him and constantly bother him. I mean, talk to him. <laughs> whenever he is in class. See, even though we are near each other, 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, now we are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of, <laughs> is part of it. Even though we are far away, we are never truly apart, because through the body of Christ, we are always together. Amen. Amen. Good job, guys.
Amen. So remember, no matter where your story goes from right there, that's the beginning. That's the moment. <laughs> and I don't think I could have said it any better than those three young people just did. Pray with me if you would. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks. For testimonies of faith, for the difficulty that it is to say those words out loud sometimes, God. We give you thanks for the passion and energy that exists here. For the wonderful gift and blessing that those waters are. And for those of us in this place that are stirring up right now, maybe have never been baptized, Lord, would you let them know that it's okay? And now's the time for the beginning. In Jesus Christ's name, we pray that all the God's children say, Amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.